to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 350 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal Sean Orford. You're right, Sean? I am good. You alright? It seems like only yesterday whence we last spoke. <laughs> Thanks to the magic of the Could internet, be. it might have been like We've got another Skype on, flipping egg. We're so busy, we can't meet up anymore. I know. And uh, the uh, it's holiday season coming up soon, isn't it? So That's uh, right. We'll stack them up and we'll get them in. That's, that's what we're good. doing, yeah. We'll just, we are stacking them up a bit, yeah. Half term yeah. next week, but uh, and you're away. I know that too, so... Uh, when our listeners are listening to this, we'll be well. We won't be sunning it on a beach anyway. Well, I certainly won't be. Um, I think I'm not sure what we're going to do actually, but uh, no. need to plan that out. You're off to the lakes, are you? Yeah, we're away for a little bit and sometime here. So very good. We'll be yeah. cool. Marvelous. All right, so, it's important. Uh, it's important to kick back. I'm sure we'll do an episode about that at some point. Um, but. Yeah. Not this day because we, we yeah, we've got a bit of a mini series on anxiety and today we're talking about phobias or phobia. Uh, phobias, that's the plural yeah. of phobia, isn't it? I think. You can put an S on the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Just checking, done my research. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll come on to that in a bit and specifically might talk about my arachnophobia, which is quite mild quite a mild case of arachnophobia, but it does All right. Yeah. I should probably get that looked at, but we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit. Um, Liveinthepresent.co.uk, all the show notes and links, as ever, are on there and all the previous episodes. Um, stick your email address in the box and we'll send you a discount code for the book and some free meditation files, um, as well as other things. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, Sean? All go? Yeah, all good. Busy, busy, busy. We're still um, in the... But yeah, that's good. We're, we're still in the midst of storm... What should we call it? How do you pronounce it? Uh, Kiara, Kiara. <laughs> Kiara, Kyra, Syra, Storm, yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Bit blowy out there today again, wasn't it? Yeah, but you've been out psyching it, haven't you? Of course. Well, how, how, um, else, does one, how else does one get around? Um, I'm afraid I got in my car and drove down the road. <laughs> I will, I'll let you off. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you off the just this one time. But uh, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if anyone's looking for a good way to kind of live in the moment, live in the present, then riding a bike in a, like a Force Ten Gale is uh, yeah pretty high up on my list. I would say it's worth, well worth a go. I, I guess that you've got to stay in the moment, else you'd be off the bike. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, yeah, blimey. I mean, uh, it's crazy. I, I, yesterday, actually, I was down at yeah New Brighton and it was bashing against the seawall there and. Uh, um, I did see some photos from today where I think the it came right over the the waterfront, the wall, and you know the the road that goes like along New Brighton front, um, kind of heading out yeah, towards yeah. that Hoy Lake direction. That was all flooded, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit bit crazy. Um, you were saying that, that some poor um, gentleman had been killed today. Yeah, another, well, I know, I think it's only the second death in, in the UK from the storm, but yeah, just across the water in Liverpool, um, poor chap right. who was out walking his dog, and a, a tree branch fell on him, so, uh, yeesh. 
Um, yeah, not good. No, not it's, good. it's serious stuff, man, isn't it? Mother Nature and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you'll, we'll, we'll move swiftly on to our topic. We're talking about phobias in our list, our, like, our little mini-series of um, breaking down different different parts of or different types of anxiety that one can experience. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, phobia is an interesting one because I was thinking about before we came on air, at what, at what point does a fear become a phobia? Well, I, I think that the issue uh, is that if you're scared of something, usually there's something there to be scared about. Mm-hmm. If you're anxious, you may have fears about something which is real or something which is uh, a fantasy. Um, and if you've got a phobia, usually it's an irrational something that you are um, phobic about. Okay. So um, you you actually um, said that you have a phobia. <laughs> I know. I've, I've, I've said it live on air now, so don't use it against me. But, yeah, I mean, since I was a kid, um, right. spiders have been my thing that I've... Uh, it's just something about the shape of them and the way they move. I mean, I'm I'm all right with little ones, and I'm quite good. Obviously, I'm the man of the house now, and I'm the dad. So if there's a big spider lurking somewhere, yeah. I'm the guy that's got to sort it out, you know. Um, but there's no way I could touch a big a big spider and like grab it with my hands to chuck out the window. I need a cup. Really, I need a cup that you can't see through, like a, a mug. And then I need right. An envelope, like a paper, just a sheet of paper is not thick enough because it might kind of creep, like bend, and the spider could get out. So I need a mug that you can't see through, and an envelope, really, like with a letter in it. Um, and then yeah. I can scoop it up, and then I can open the window and chuck it out the window, uh, and then that's it. I, I will have a quick look to see it's not still in the mug, and then like that, that's my bit done. But there's no way I could touch one. Like, but how would I overcome that? What, what's the process? But, but the thing is, you can see where it comes from. That's the you, the issue, yeah? That's what you're saying. Well, yeah. not specifically. I mean, there were a couple of incidents when I was a kid where I do remember when um, a, a neighbour, a pal of mine who lived next door, we were mucking around as kids and she kind of dropped a, I think it was a dead spider on my knee. And I remember it quite vividly, actually. Um, but I'm pretty sure I was already scared of them before that point. But that, that is kind of burned into my memory. I remember proper flipping out and going absolutely ballistic and screaming and crying and running back home to me, <laughs> mum. <laughs> um, but I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Like, I'm sure I was already quite scared of spiders. So is that a certain phobias kind of just built into us somewhere and deep in our psyche from when we used to live in the jungle or something like that? Yeah, there, there, there is an amount of that. So the, um, very often it's to do with the colour of things. If something is... Um, both black and yellow that usually means it's poisonous so we do have some basic kind of programming yeah so that uh, is in there but very often when people are phobic about, about things they're phobic about things that are completely irrational to be phobic about mm. um so i mean my, my favorite was a chap who was phobic about oranges and every time he saw an orange he would start to go in the phobia would take them into panic, which is what we were talking about last time. Um, and he would run screaming out of the room and <laughs> I mean, get away I'm not, from. I'm chuckling. From. And the thing is that. Go on. Yeah, go on, chuckle. Well, I'm just saying I'm chuckling <laughs> at that, but if his experience 
to seeing an orange is anything like my experience of seeing a a spider like right next to me. Or I remember once not too long ago, um, I was reading um, before bed and I felt a thud next to my shoulder, right next to my ear. Um, and I kind no. of I kind of just looked to my right and the spider had fallen from the ceiling onto my pillow, like right, right next to me. <laughs> So obviously I completely flipped like well, I was probably like 32, 33 and I completely flipped out and I didn't scream and I didn't run to back home to my mum crying. But, you know, it freaked me out. I think, I think the thing that's important and it's kind of what you're raising is that um, it's easy to think that someone else's phobia is silly. It's mm. stupid. It's easy to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Oranges, Whereas, man. But then I'm sure maybe that guy... With the orange phobia is looks at me and my spider phobia and thinks, well, well it's just a spider. <laughs> no, give it here. I'll get yeah, rid of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's important that we don't kind of belittle mm. other people's phobia. Oh, yeah. We actually kind of work with it, allow them to be what they need to be. Yeah, I mean, um, spiders and snakes are the two main, the main ones. I'm not sure if, like, I should have done a bit of research, like, the most popular and common phobias out there, but spiders and snakes well, have, got to, have got to be up there, surely. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with um, people that are phobic all the time, and the the it depends on on how you end up defining a phobia. But you could look at things like um, the the different kind of disorders that, that people have from an anxiety point of view, and you, you could describe them as phobic. But I guess all you've got to say to somebody is. Uh, if I was going to give you a food that would make you want to run and chuck up, what would it be? And so someone might say snails or or whatever. And all you've got to do is wave a snail near them, and then they go in, into a phobic kind of response. Right. Yeah? Um, so it, it's, it's a bit like people talk about addiction, and I say it's not whether you're addicted or not. It's to do with what are you actually addicted to, because everybody is addicted. Yep. You know, it's not a case of have you or haven't you. Everyone's got got an addiction to something. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not recognise it as an addiction. They could be addicted to cleaning up. You know, it's still an addiction. I've just I've been yeah. doing a bit of live research here. So, top ten most common phobias. Arachnophobia is top. Um, <laughs> Your favourite? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's ophidiophobia, which is a fear of snakes. So, yeah, one is spiders, two is snakes. Then it's acrophobia, which is a fear of heights. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Aerophobia, fear of flying. Yeah. Um, You know someone like that, don't you, I think? Well, I I end up dealing with these things every day. So, and it's like my most common way of dealing with it is using hypnotherapy. Oh. Hang on, um, Let, don't don't give the game away. We're going to come on to that. I'm still going through my top okay. ten because this is interesting. Oh, I go. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so, cynophobia is a fear of dogs. I wonder who gives them these names. There must must be some kind of Latin built in there. Astropho. I'm surprised dogs <laughs> are so high. Actually, like actual. I know some people don't like dogs, but um, yeah, an actual fear of dogs. Astrophobia, a fear of thunder and lightning. Wow. T- Trifanophobia is a fear of injections. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Intr- yeah. I can. And you'd be amazed at the amount of nurses that are like that. Wow. Okay. Sounds bizarre. I can sort of relate to that. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty brave now with needles and what have you, but I don't particularly enjoy it. Social phobia involves a fear of social situations. That's on my list. We'll come. We'll talk more about that later on. Um, 
Agoraphobia involves fear of being alone. That's the complete opposite. Flipping heck. Um, mys mysophobia. Uh, Go on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, agoraphobia yeah, is like uh, very often seen as a fear of open spaces, isn't it? Right. Uh, mysophobia yeah. is uh, an excessive fear of germs and dirt. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're all, they're all quite ones I've heard of. and oh, no, I haven't heard of the actual technical name, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. The ones I'm all aware of, but uh, you know, technically there are an infinite number of phobias out there, aren't there? I don't know if they've all got names, but yeah, if you know someone that's yeah, yeah, afraid yeah. of oranges, yeah. then there must be someone that's afraid of, um, I don't know, clipboards and remote controls, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and but, but that's it, and and you will see it all over the place all, all the time. Mm. Um, uh, and it's like superstitions and phobias very often go together, so that. Um, there's a thing where if, pe if when people are uh, playing Mac in the Macbeth play, they're oh, yeah. not allowed to say Macbeth. They have to say the Scottish play. And it, and there's a phobic response to that, that you will have to dance around and say a little rhyme to yeah. um, kill the, 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 the badness of the, of the, I don't know, the spell or whatever it is that you get from saying Macbeth. Yeah. Um, I, oh, you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying Macbeth. <laughs> But then people get um, phobic um, responses. To me, these are all phobias. Like my father always used to have to say good morning to magpies. And if he didn't say good morning to magpies, something awful was going to happen. See, mm -hmm. And to me, those, those kinds of things are exactly like phobias. There's, there's a trigger event. We create a relationship between something mm -hmm. that we assume will have an outcome. So if I eat that, I'm going to be sick. If I go up there, we're going to crash. If we go, you know, so the, the the phobia and the expectation come together, and uh, and we we made the association like horse and cart, knife and fork, salt and pepper. We as soon as we see one, we assume the other one. You know? The phobias, I guess there's no well, like a fear of heights, for example. Where where does that come from? Can that can that come from a particular incident, or is it just something that's built into it? Yeah, our brain, because you know I get a bit woozy sometimes well, if I look over the edge of it. But, but it, it, if you think about it, because I always say that anxiety is your friend, mm. so that it, if you didn't have have a respect for heights, you could say you got a fear for heights. I mean, we would have all fallen out the trees in our evolutionary uh, development. It's the same of as if we. Uh, didn't um, have an awareness of the um, of the saber-toothed tiger, you know, the predator, then we'd all be eaten. Yep. So it's like th these things aren't bad things, they're good things. Mm. The things that we should kind of celebrate, really. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm fascinated. So you, you mentioned, you hinted earlier on that one thing that you might prescribe or help someone with to get over a, a, a phobia is... Um, Hang on, hypnotherapy, is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, does it depend on the type of phobia, the, the kind of, uh, the action needed to, to, to cure it? Is, is curing it the right word or the right way yeah. to go about it? Does it go away forever? Or well, is it something... it's, it's, I, I, I'd say it's desensitising it. Um, because very often there's an event that someone's sensitised to. And if you can desensitise it, then the effect of it goes away. Yeah. Um, so the, um, the kinds of thing is that 
in hypnotherapy, you're either doing suggestive hypnotherapy or analytical hypnotherapy. If you're doing analytical hypnotherapy, you're trying to get rid of the original causal event. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing um, suggestive hypnotherapy, you're suggesting to somebody that when they see the trigger, they're going to feel wonderful and jump around and have a good time. You know, so it's like the, the, there are two ways of looking at the hypnotherapeutic process. Okay. Um, and, and both of them can be effective. It depends on um, who you're doing it with and what the um, what the particular phobia would be. Yeah. So a person that has, you know, put aside the phobias of objects and creatures and creepy crawlies, um, if someone's got a phobia of a, like a social situation, it may either of its fear of being on your own or in a big group of people. Um, how long can it take for for work to be done so that that person is comfortable in a certain situation? It depends on the person and phobia. But it can be as little as 45 minutes. Okay. All right. I mean... Job done. If, you know, it can be very quick. <laughs> All right. What's your, bill? What's your bill for 45 minutes work? I should not, should oh, not ask. 10% ten, ten of your income for the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, have you had you know, incidents where you work with people and you've, it's been as quick as that to, to, to cure someone of something? That, you know, that yeah. Could, yeah. Yeah, and, and that does um, happen, not every time, but um, uh, people will go through a hypnotherapy process and then they'll go, well, that didn't work for me, did it? And then they'll come back and say, well, you wouldn't believe this. You know, normally I would have done this and I didn't. And it's because it did work. But because it's working at an emotional level and not a cognitive level, people don't necessarily see it straight away. Like my fear of spiders, I, I worry that do people kind of hold on to the phobias in some way? Because my my thinking is that if I if I was to over have to overcome the fear, my fear of spiders, it would involve like the process would involve handling a spider in some way or having one in a room with me, um, and I'm not even sure I could take that. So well, well that <laughs> do I... that's known as flooding. Right. Okay. That's, that... that's, um... If you've got someone that um, is scared of stuff, yeah. Sometimes you, you, it's like throw someone in a barrel of rats and then go on with it, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, which to me is quite quite an insensitive thing to do. Um, <laughs> okay. But for, for some some forms of therapy, that'd be considered okay. You know, that's what you do, mm. kind of thing. Yeah. But that's that's not your style generally. No, no, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. All you're allowed you to do is kind of re-traumatise someone and make it even worse in the long term. <laughs> yeah. And when when do you do you, when you're working with people do you ever find that a, a phobia of sorts is like a uh, is it kind of a way of highlighting deeper issues within people? You know, a phobia is sometimes triggered by yeah. other mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, what one of the things um, uh, there are cons say this delicately, if someone has been sexually abused, sometimes they are phobic about eating foods that might look a bit um, semen-y. Wow. You know, okay. like gacky eggs and things like that. And they can just look at it and make them want to run and chuck. Um, uh, so, I mean, it can be quite, um, quite profound and quite difficult sometimes to deal with in that sense. 
Yeah, so if someone comes to you mm -hmm. looking for help with a certain phobia, are you are you trying to think about why it might be and do you ask questions and you're prodding about trying to yeah. get deeper into the issue? Yeah. And and sometimes somebody will be able to, um, maybe unconsciously, but they will tell you how they got the phobia without realising they just told you, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, because they're actually describing life events or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, but um, it, it's one of those things that can go into quite uh, deep and dark areas uh, of people. Yeah, know? but as um, ever, you know, it's work that's worth doing. I guess if it's, uh, you know, this is this is stuff yeah. that ain't, that ain't going to go away unless you uh, face up to yeah. it. I guess or try and figure it out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, someone's got a phobia. What do they do? Do they call you, or do they go? Do, do they do a bit of research online first, or are they looking for their nearest hypnotherapist? Yeah, it could be. Um, I, I think that the issue has to be that um, each of us need to look at the processes that are going on within us, and then we need to decide what would be um, the the best response. Now, some people uh, would find the idea of of hypno quite easy to embrace. Mm. Uh, other people might actually look at it and think um, it might actually play into their phobia. So the last thing they want to do is lie down uh, on a couch with somebody and uh, close their eyes. You know, that might actually be quite a scary thing for them to do. Yeah. Yeah? So, yeah, think so it through. It, it is a case of... Yeah, what, what, one of the things that, um, that, you, that we look at a bit is is a phobia um, logical so it has a cognitive component or is the phobia uh, completely emotional uh, and there, there is a, a difference in that so that uh, if, if a phobia is completely emotional then it needs to be dealt with using emotional tools like visualization Okay. If, if something is more more cognitive, then you can use cognitive tools, which would include talking therapies. Okay. So it is it is a case of being able to distinguish what the phobia is. Where does it come from? And as a, uh, yeah. like as ever with all this stuff, the baggage we carry around, you know, it can really be holding us back. You mentioned there that you work with healthcare professionals that are a bit like freaked out by needles that you know they're going to be working with every day that could i mean that can really <laughs> that could really get to you after a while couldn't it but but one of the things you find with needle needle phobics is that um very often they're not phobic about uh, other people's blood they're phobic about their own okay so the the they would be completely freaked out by the idea of of having to deal with um with their own blood, but fine at dealing with somebody else's. That sounds mad, but it's uh, it's quite common. Aren't we just fascinating <laughs> creatures, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, mm. I mean, it, it is stunning in lots of ways. It's good. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Have you got a resource for us, Sean? Um, the the results issue for this is a bit difficult because these the, the nature of things is different. So what I, I was thinking about it, what I've put down as my results is the Palus Mindfulness course. Right. And uh, it is a, is a very powerful tool if you use the course. 
um, but it gives you lots of insight into yourself. And I think that it would help someone who was going through those issues of, is this uh, emotional or is this cognitive? It would give them a better insight into what it is they're actually dealing with. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll stick that in the show notes. Mine's just a link to Mind, the mental health charity. And here in the UK, they've got loads yeah. of stuff on phobias, so I'll link to that in the, in the show notes. So do go check it out. Yeah. Just looking at what we're going to be yeah. on next week. So we've done phobia and panic disorders. We're going to be on to social anxiety uh, disorder next yeah. uh, next time out. So, um, again, yeah. these are all loosely and, linked. And that, yeah, the social anxiety is a big one, especially with um, young and adolescent people. Mm. Um, I have to deal with that quite a bit in those kinds of areas. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll come so on to that, we'll have a look at that next week. So uh, hopefully the storm's settled down yeah. by then and uh, we can attack that one with our usual vim and vigour. Um, we can, indeed. Sean, you take care of yourself until we next meet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have a good one. Yeah, uk is the website. Do check it out and get in touch with us if there's anything you would like us to discuss in a future episode once we're done with these anxiety ones we'll be looking for, for ideas and suggestions so don't be shy um, Sean you take it easy and you see you, see you later see ya take care bye